0: I'm Chris Farrell from the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast, a wacky weekend morning show, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out right now. Shows on the network are individually owned and the opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows over at gunnageeknetwork.com. Welcome to episode 172
1: of Better Podcasting. On this show, we're pleased to interview Craig Reeves from Mackie about their future endeavors with podcasting.
0: In this week's Better Podcasting download, we cover the Infinite Dial Report, what it means for you, why there might be more relevance coming soon, and why it's Josh Liston's favorite segment that we ever do. In this week's
1: Better Podback, we summarize several weeks of you reaching out to us about your
0: podcasting. And finally, before we wrap up this episode, we'll debut a brand new segment. Lauren, go.
2: Welcome to Better Podcasting, a show where we talk about podcast tips, tools, and best practices to help you succeed with your podcast. What makes us different? Well, just like you, we podcast purely out of the love and fun of it. Podcasting is our hobby, and we recognize that it's yours, too. We always encourage your questions and feedback, and you can find all of our contact information at BetterPodcasting.com. Here's your host for the show, Stephen John-Drew and Stargate Pioneer.
0: Welcome to episode 172 of Better Podcasting. I am Stephen John-Drew, and usually I would say that the star of the program is Stargate Pioneer, but we got a different star today. But. Go ahead, Stargate Pioneer.
1: Aw, I guess I'll just have to recoup from top billing this one week. Hey, guys, it's great to be back talking about podcasting. We love to do this every week. We love to do this so much. We've been doing this for more than three years every week. We'll take a week off every now and then, but mostly every week. And we talk about it because we want to share podcasting with you and we get you to share podcasting with us because we start off the show with a how I saved my podcast story. And this week we have a special one. It's a video how I saved my podcast story. And we're really looking forward to your interaction more on these. More about that later. Steven, let's go ahead and roll the clip.
3: Hi there, Steven and SP. It's Jim here from the fallacious Trump podcast, where we explain logical fallacies using Trump quotes and I have a how I saved my podcast story. Um, we started out our podcast with absolutely no budget whatsoever. So, we found a free podcast host, a free media host, and um, they've been really good. But over the, the first kind of few weeks of the podcast, we noticed that actually um, our audio files sounded better before we uploaded them than when we downloaded them from the, from the podcast host and when we were listening to them on, on iTunes and it turned out what they were doing was compressing the files um, that we gave them and so that meant that there was a bit more sibilance, a bit more um, hiss in the um, in the audio file and it, it wasn't great and we thought it was a, it was a shame and we were going to have to start paying for hosting and uh, anyway I got in touch with the host and I spoke to them about it and I said look we've noticed this is happening um, the, the files we're downloading are a lot smaller than the ones that we've uploaded and It's not going to work for us. We're going to have to look elsewhere unless there's something you can do about it. And they came back to us and said, not a problem. We will stop compressing your files. Um, And now the audio quality that we get when we download them is the same as the audio quality that they have when we upload them. So just by having a quick chat with our host, we were able to fix uh, an issue that would have definitely meant we had to look elsewhere and, and spend potentially significantly more money since we're getting it free um and and we've got a great sounding show and we're still not paying for hosting
0: first off thank you very much for sending this in we do always always appreciate how i save my podcast stories and this is interesting as well because this is something that sort of you wouldn't really think as saving first when you do think about some of the stories we've shared before but the reality is that compressing a file is a very important thing to try to avoid because if it gets compressed too many times, then what ends up happening is you have all sorts of artifacts like was mentioned. In fact, it's actually on SP's checklist of, of uh, criteria when he's looking for a new media host. So it's a really great story. And I think it also highlights the fact that when there are startup media hosts and different companies that do come out, it's worth sometimes reaching out if you have a concern because of the fact that There are other hosts as well which have made changes to back rendering or back files or back uh, panels and things like that just based off of feedback that they receive because they're starting out new and sometimes they might end up uh, taking that feedback with a lot more priority than somebody who has been established for years and years and years. So it's always worth reaching out if you have a concern, especially if it is a relatively new host. Now, with that said, we do usually recommend uh, a couple other hosts, but we'll leave that for a whole other segment. So, SP, go ahead. I'll turn it over to you to address this.
1: First of all, Jim, thank you very much for the feedback, the video feedback, too. That was great. And we noticed that you noticed that your files were getting compressed, and that's great. But this is one of the things that we would recommend that you look into before you go ahead and sign up with any podcast media host. Doesn't matter if it's free or paid. Whatever. So, some of the things that you need to watch out for is, of course, the IAB compliance statistics. That is at least the compliance would be the minimum that I would look into these days, if not full up actual certified stats. And more of that, there's only two podcast media host companies or stats providers right now that are certified. More will be coming in the coming months here in 2019. Another thing that you would want to look into is if they mess with your file, this could be anything from compression to the ID3 tags of the file to the file name, anything along those lines. Do they mess with your file? If they do, you might want to look elsewhere. And if your podcast media host is free and they entered the foray in, say, 2016, you might want to consider not jumping on that bandwagon right now because there's been a demonstrated time frame of about 30 to 36 months with these free podcast hosts that they either go out of business or change their business model because they can't afford to stay in business. You know, that venture capitalist sort of funding wears out and then you have to move on from there. So those are some of the things that I would look out for when I'm looking at new media hosts whether they're free or not Jim it's great that you caught the compression it's great that you talked to the media host and they changed it and as Stephen mentioned this could be beneficial to not only you but other podcasters along the way to help them get their business model to the point where it is attractive to other podcasters as well Jim thanks so much for the save my how I save my podcast story awesome video i think i've said it before but awesome we love the video feedback and we look forward to hearing back from you in a future episode
0: so if you do have something you want to send to us send that to podcast at dot we prefer video as sp mentioned you can send us audio or even go ahead and just send us a little text a little writing and we'll get sp to read that out but in any case, we appreciate this, and this is a great example on how there are some things that you might not originally think is a "How I save my podcast story, but it is, because again, the purpose of this segment is to share with the class so that we can all learn together and make podcasting great. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on to our featured segment. SP. you're laughing at that.:
1: Yes, a nice tie-in to the name of his podcast. So, Stephen, I was cruising Reddit the other day, and I ran into this interesting post, which led to an immediate DM from me to this other user, and it turned out to be Craig Reeves from Mackey, and so we have a discussion ahead of us from Craig Reeves. Now Craig works for Mackey. He has also had tons, decades, I've heard of experience, not not with Mackey. He's relatively recent with Mackey, but with other Audio businesses and uh, broadcasting. And we're very fortunate to have a conversation about the audio hardware
0: side of things with Craig Reeve from Mackie Craig, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks, guys. Well, we appreciate you coming on here today. And uh, we thought that it was a good opportunity for us to pick your brain a little bit about Mackie and the future of Mackie and podcasting. And, you know, just give our listeners and viewers some, information uh, so we're going to put it all on you to make their podcast better that's what we're going to do
4: <laughs> it's all up to me right <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um the the way this started was uh, we are exploring the content creator um space kind of hate that term but uh, but y- yeah we're we're looking into creating products that enable people who are podcasting or streaming uh, enable them to do what they want to do and to be creative, but uh, uh, right now we don't completely understand the user. Um, Mackie traditionally has been great for mixers and loudspeakers, and and that's really how people know us. But getting that that last end, like uh, all the way toward the user, that's not. Typically been a place that Mackie has played, and so we have a lot of questions, and we thought the natural place to go to get those questions answered would be social media and Reddit, and uh, there's some big podcasting-oriented communities there, and uh, it was the first thing I thought of, and it, it was great because I posted, and literally the like within a couple hours of me posting, uh, I had a couple DMs uh, from guys like you guys, well, and you guys. <laughs> that uh, that were asking me the same kind of questions and giving me information. So uh, a very fruitful, wonderful experience.
0: Well, we're very happy to support it any way that we can just because uh, being that we have a lot of people who are hobby podcasters listening to this show, that we really do think that there's a lot of that not represented with the offerings out there right now. So we're happy to pass along what information we can so that hopefully we can get a few more people into the art of podcasting that might not be able to right now. Yeah. Now, before we go on too much, let's take a moment here to talk a little bit about you. And, uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your history and how you got to Mackey?
4: So I've been at Mackey for about five months and, uh, before before Mackie, I worked at a place called Gemini. Actually, for about the last 12 years, I've been a product manager for mostly companies that did DJ products. But um, I, I worked actually in Seattle before. Gemini was in New Jersey. And uh, before that, I actually worked at Behringer which it, which had their offices uh, like a stone's throw from where I am now. Their offices were also in Seattle. Now, wait
1: a minute. You pronounced it Beringer, right?
0: Yeah. Or he said, he said Beringer. It was
1: Beringer, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, that, that is the definitive
1: way to say
4: it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not German, so, you know. Okay. Or Swiss. Actually, technically, Uli is Swiss. So. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So I was here before and I completely fell in love with the Seattle area. And when the opportunity came uh, here at Mackey, I jumped on it and was lucky enough that, that I got selected for the position. Uh, before Behringer, I worked at another DJ company called Stanton. Uh, they'd been around for years and years and years. And then before that, for about 13 years before that, I, I worked at various companies as an audio engineer for broadcast. So uh, I did mostly mostly broadcast news, but also sports. Uh, I worked at CNN for five years. I worked at the Weather Channel. Um, I did a lot of post work as well, and uh, some truck work for, it was all freelance stuff, so uh, ESPN and um, just a little bit of all over the place. But uh, audio engineering in broadcast before, and then I've been a DJ since 1987, so that's my
1: heart. So I got a wedding for my kid coming up pretty soon. Can you flip in and do that? Maybe give me some, <laughs> some Mackie products for that. So I was mostly a club DJ,
4: but uh, I could do a wedding as long as, as, long as you're, you're into the kind of music
1: that, uh, yeah, I could do a wedding. Well, we'll we'll have to talk about it because my daughter and her boyfriend are more of country Western people than anything else. Yeah, probably not, though. Okay, I I get it. I'm not that guy. So Mackie's been, you know, Mackie, uh, I think they were the company that directly resulted from Marconi and his radio experience, right? So the the history
4: of Mackie, it's funny that you bring this up because we are having our third this year is our 30th anniversary. And uh, so Greg Mackey made a mixer and brought it to Nam thirty years ago. Thirty years ago, like and like three or four weeks ago, um, brought a mixer to to Nam, and that mixer really caught fire. Uh, we sold a ton of it. They he did a, he followed that up with a, a the sixteen oh four. Uh, they did well there. We had the SRM series of loudspeakers. So uh, Mackey is uh, was done by a, a gentleman by the name of Greg Mackey. He's no longer he no longer owns the company, but um, he still he still will touch base like he, he was at NAM for the celebration and, uh, it, yeah, Mackie is largely responsible for the proliferation of like small format mixers. There were other companies definitely that were doing it, but Mackie brought it down to the price point that made it approachable. And, uh, for a long time, Mackie was the main player in that business.
1: Now for our listeners, they might not know what NAM is. Could you describe NAM a little bit? So uh, NAM, uh, uh, North American
4: Music Manufacturers, I think is what it stands for. It's a big convention that happens in Anaheim, California in January every year. And basically, it's where everyone in the music industry, anything that you would see at like a guitar center or a music store, everything from um, uh, sheet music to DJ gear, everything shows up at this convention it's huge and uh it's it's everything synthesizers trombones everything um and uh so everyone gets together in the music industry and and this is the this is the place they do it there's also uh something very similar in germany called pls and music Messe. they happen at the same time so they're grouped together Um, and, and so that's kind of the German version of that as well. There's a couple others. There's a bunch of conventions for this kind of thing.
1: So when you're saying Greg took the mixer to Nam and caught fire, it literally caught fire and got (laughs) enough (laughs) notice because the flames coming out of it. So like there were,
4: there were, like I said, there were some companies making small format stuff. I can't remember the, there was an English company that was making uh, a small format mixer, uh, as well, but, uh, Greg Mackey, the he brought all the right functionality at the price that made it like really really accessible. Um, before those mixers were more kind of targeted towards specific use cases, and Greg had more the idea of uh, this needs to be the kind of mixer that someone that has a garage GarageBand uh, can use, and they need to be able to have the functionality to be able to do create, for instance, a monitor mix. But also do the kind of mixing that you would do on like a bigger console just needs to be at a price point that's attractive to people who can't afford those big gear, the big gear.
0: I appreciate that with Mackie, and I've seen that with a few different products that they've got is they do have the different lines of things and one. And it seems to be the way it continues to go. And one example of that was um, for a while now, I've been using in-ear monitors when I record the show and I use headphones for for editing and whatnot. But I noticed that Mackie created some in-ear monitors and they did that. And headphones. Yeah, and headphones. Yeah, and the same structure where there's different levels. So I think that's really great to see that. Um, For somebody coming in, though, who is like a hobbyist and they're wanting to maybe buy a pair of in-ear monitors, what sort of advantage do they get by going up a tier rather than starting at the base?
4: So I'll use the headphones uh, as an example, uh, but this applies to the in-ears as well. Is the the lower end, the MC one hundred and fifty, which is our our lower end headphone. Not only is the pricing lower, but it's got a more, I'm going to say, a more consumer oriented EQ curve. So it's got that smiley face. It accentuates the highs and the lows, and uh, the build quality is very similar with the two models. But um, the I'd say like the the voicing and the the work put into how it sounds is different for the 150 than the 250. Both of those headphones though, the 250 is more flat. The 250 is like a good pair of studio monitors. So if you were if you were wanting to check a mix or listen to like let's say you recorded an interview and you wanted to check and see like oh is there too much room tone, is there you know, dishes rattling or air conditioner turned on or something like that. Uh, The 250s is what I would use for that. But if you want to listen to music on an airplane, I'd get the 150s. And usually the differentiation happens. There's a, a price savings on the lower tier product. And usually also like on the higher tier product, there's a little more technology involved in it uh maybe that is active dsp uh, maybe it's um you know 20 more rounds of acoustic engineering and that <laughs> dark art uh it, it could be a number of things it depends on the product but uh generally uh w- when you see like those multiple tiers there's um not only is there a price break but also there's a technology there somewhere for the higher tier product that is causing that price
1: up Okay, so Mackie obviously does small more format mixers. We talked about those. We talked about the e- IEMs and the headphones. Mackie also does studio monitors or speakers, DJ mixers, m- uh, mixers, and audio inter- interfaces. Right? Mm-hmm. You used to do DJ mixers. They don't anymore, but
4: um, but yeah, for sure, all of the above.
1: So you talked about Nam and the German convention that is on everything audio what is kind of an annual year in the music or audio hardware industry you got nam in january what happens during the rest of the year in a normal company like Behringer or mackie
4: so uh, the conventions uh by the way uh music Massive pls also happens early in the year it happens around april so uh, the first quarter of the year is a good touchstone in terms of checking your the business end of, of your products. Um, uh, new products that come out may change a business case. So for example, like let's say in the podcasting realm, I wanted to do uh, a podcaster package and I thought of it in December. Well. At NAM, there there were uh, four packages released by Audio-Technica and uh, Behringer has something in the pipe. And you know what I mean? Like these things may come out and it causes us, uh, uh, any other retailer to, oh, well, geez, now the competition is different and the price points moved from $399 to $299. And maybe that's not a compelling product anymore or whatever. So usually at the beginning of the year, What you're doing is you're reviewing things like your business cases and stuff like that. And you're kind of doing a check on your competition. Um, As those business cases develop and your product concepts develop, and you do things like uh, you've defined differentiating features that are going to make your product uh, better, cheaper, uh, more attractive, whatever, that develops throughout the season. And uh, there are a couple points in the year, like uh, in the United States, everyone wants finished product to be ready around September because your retailers want to be able to get the product into stores for Christmas. Um, so there's a couple of points like that that are consistent, no matter what business uh, in the music industry that you're in. Everyone wants product by the September or October. And at the beginning of the year, you're always looking at your business case and kind of checking your competition, competitive analysis and that kind of thing.
0: You mentioned competition. And one thing that we see a lot with podcasters, especially hobby podcasters, is we'll call it thrifty. We see a a lot of, of thriftiness happening. And what we find is that there's some pretty specific opinions about going a step above bottom tier like you know the the more inexpensive brands there's people who are like yeah it works for me and then there's a lot of people who are very opinionated saying no you don't want to do that you want to go a step up and a lot of times mackie is referenced for a higher quality than those budget brands what sort of things are involved that make people want to spend the extra money on something like mackie like what what does mackie have to help justify that extra price cost
4: so cheap product i hate using that term but cheap product no matter where it's it's made has gotten really good <laughs> i mean these these factories that make this product they've all gotten really good and you can get really good product now at a wide variety of prices so i'm not going to be a pricing snob what you get when you go with a let's say a more established brand Uh, and maybe a higher price point is you get better build quality generally, you get more technology in the product, and you usually get a more mature platform. Because companies that have been in this for a long time, that's not a mistake. They've been in it for a long time, and they've been able to develop tools that they can go back and use that make their products moving forward better and more mature. Even if it's like for us, and we're doing a loudspeaker, for example. Well, we know amplifiers really well. We know transducers, speakers really well. So even if this is a new product line, we have 30 years of experience in building this kind of stuff. So when we build something new, you can pretty much figure that we're going to do it mostly right when we first do it. Whereas a company that's just getting into something that is outside of their wheelhouse or maybe a newer brand that is starting sourcing at a little more questionable uh, manufacturer, um, it might take them a couple years to dial in that product and to get it to a point where it's mature and robust and um, is worth the money. Uh, The other thing I would say is that the bigger companies generally have more research and uh, IP at their
1: disposal. So uh, they've got a little more to draw from. So, Craig, uh, tell me this. What day of the year is let's drive over Mackie mixers with our cars day?
0: (laughs) Because that's the rumor. That's the rumor in the podcast industry is that that's what happens with Mackie mixers and they keep going. That's the rumor. Well, I guess we
4: drive over our cars and then Behringer, they shoot at their mixers with, with guns. So <laughs> there's a thing called halt testing, for example. And when I describe it, you're going to be like, this is crazy. That That's this not real. We at, We put product in a chamber. Everyone does this. It's not just us. You put product in a chamber and you rapidly cycle these temperature extremes from like way below freezing to like super, super hot melting plastic kind of hot. You go back and forth and back and forth and you put humidity in there and everything else. And it is to create like an accelerated life cycle so that you can test when it's going to fail and what's causing it to fail. There are also things called drop tests where you drop the product without the box or anything from varying heights onto different materials, asphalt, concrete, things like that. Um, Stairs, we have in our specification that we drop a product downstairs. You know, that's, that's real. And again, we're not the only company that does it. This is a common thing in the industry. Vibration testing, where you bolt it to this platform that shakes. Every factory you go to in China will have these test machines there, um, and and so it, most of the companies that are in this industry they they torture their products. It's
1: <laughs> Craig, you're making me want to cuddle my mixer right now to make sure nothing happens. <laughs> so don't, don't send it to the chamber. Yeah.
4: <laughs> so uh, I don't know about driving a car over it, but uh, I mean, there's definitely a couple mixers I would drive a car over.
1: So, Craig, uh, since you've worked in the industry quite a bit, there's probably some listeners to this that have gotten intrigued in the hardware audio industry by podcasting or whatever. And I would be remiss if I didn't ask if somebody wanted to get into the audio hardware industry, what words of advice would you have for them?
4: I got into this industry sideways. I'll tell you exactly how and it's going to be funny. I was working as an audio engineer, like I said, and I was also a longtime DJ, and a product called Final Scratch came out. And when Final Scratch came out, there was an issue with it. There were several issues with it. And I, because of my background in audio engineering, could identify some of these issues on day one. For instance, there was a problem with ground loops, and I knew how to get rid of ground loops. So, I went to their forums and I said, "Hey, guys, if you've got a buzz, here's some things you can do to fix it." And I became very active on their forums uh, to help people through certain issues with their product and from there, I got the attention just by participating in the forums of their develop their their director of product management and this guy ended up grooming me over a period of about two years. And uh th- that's how I got into this business was being a forum nerd.
0: Oh, that that's fantastic. I, I I used to hang out on forums that led me nowhere. So, you know, I'm I appreciate your success.
4: So, so you know, talking of you brought the Reddit thread up earlier, and I'm not trying to like goose the thread or anything, <laughs> but uh but that's totally how I got started in this business, and it's been a Super rewarding, awesome career. Uh, it's really what I should have been doing for years before this.
1: And by grooming you, you mean like he was combing your hair and you know, sculpting your beard?
4: This dude, first of all, he was like
1: 15 years
4: younger than me. And when I first met him, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. This guy's a kid. But uh, he was wise in the ways of product management. And he ended up actually leaving Stanton. This is where we were, uh, and becoming the director of product management at native instruments for years and years. So this guy knew his business and, uh, we, he told me the things that I should study. I mean, I dropped out of college. Um, I was at that time, a, a full-time DJ and, uh, So I didn't go to college for this. This is all stuff I learned afterwards, mostly from Google and from Jim giving me the, like the pointers, like, like telling me, here's the things you should study. Here are the other things. Now you need to read this book. And
0: uh, yeah, he, he totally brought me up. Wow. That's fantastic. It's a good story and uh, definitely shows people that you know, like because, like I said, we have a lot of hobby podcast listeners here, and I think that it shows a lot of people that you know you put time into something, even if you start off just for fun. You never know where it's going to lead. So that's really awesome. That's a great story. So we started on all about the Reddit post that you just mentioned, and we we're talking a little bit about how Mackie is exploring podcasting and whatnot. And I have one last question for you in relation to that. That I think is a great way to close up this interview here, and. When we did a walkthrough of the zoom l twelve and I put it on youtube, it's it's been by far our highest viewed video uh, that we've ever done. And, What we found was we actually designed it for podcasters because we're basically tailoring towards podcasters. But we had so many musicians check that video out. We were mind blown at how many musicians were checking out the L12 video. So with Mackie now looking to get into some podcasting and sort of uh, tailor to that market a little bit, how exactly is that balance going to happen as far as obviously paying attention to the traditional market that is already there, but also looking at a, a new uh, stream of sales like podcasting?
4: So like I said, I just got hired there. I've been there for like five months. And um, it, I am the guy at Mackey that does the non-core products. So what I mean by core is... Everyone knows Mackie does mixers. Mixers represent a huge percentage of Mackie's overall business. Everyone knows that Mackie does PA and like uh, uh, speakers and amps and you know what I mean. And and those that also represents a huge part of Mackie's business. If you put mixers and PA together, that's like eighty percent of what Mackie does. I'm the other guy. Okay. So, so it's cool because I can work on these kind of products. And that's one of the reasons why they hired me is so that I could be the guy that is not the core guy. I can dance around and kind of find other opportunity. And, and, you know, one of the things that everybody, it's not just Mackie, everybody wants into this content creator space, but right now, those two words are just like two cool words that everyone found out about, and they don't understand what it is. Well, I don't understand what it is either. Even though I had a podcast that ran for two years, I was a DJ for more years than I cared <laughs> <laughs> to say. And uh, uh, I know I was a, a professional audio engineer for a number of years working in broadcast. Um So even though I've got the background, I'm not going to pretend to understand this, this new group of users. And even if I understood, like, let's say I had a super handle on podcasting and content creators in the United States, in Asia, that's a whole different thing. And so for us to understand it globally and to start to be able to deliver products that meet the needs of not just beginners, I'm real hot on beginners because I think if you enable people to be creative, they end up being better people. and and it, it I think everyone's got a voice, and that's why I'm excited by all of this. So uh, if we can design products that fill that need intelligently, not only does it make it easier for us to make the product because we have like a a spec and a target in mind, but also, uh, it, it it makes people trust the brand because they know that the research was there. This met the needs. Um, and I would love to bring that to Mackie. I'd love to be that guy.
0: That's fantastic because I know there's a lot of loyal fans with Mackie right now, but I know there's a lot of people looking for specific things that don't exist in podcasting. So it's nice to hear that balance.
4: It's really kind of an open area right now because it is so. It's. I'm not going to say bifurcated because you know, like a, like a an edit based, like a YouTube guy is is a lot different than a Twitch streamer is a lot different than a, uh, audio only podcaster. You know, so uh, there's a lot of use cases there to to look
1: into. There certainly is. And Craig, when you were saying you were the other guy dancing around, are you like a robot guy, the Macarena or ballet? What kind of dance are you doing at man? I'm old man. I'm robot and lock popping and yeah,
4: that's me I'm not I'm not the Macarena guy or the no
1: dubstep. What's the, what's the, oh, the dab, the the
4: dab. Yeah, dab. I'm not that guy either. Although I just did it. I don't know if that counts, but (laughs) you're the shopping cart guy, right? I'm definitely that guy's dad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Craig, thank you very much for taking your time with us today. We spoke a little bit before about uh, different criteria and requirements that we might have. And thank you very much for making Mackie available for podcasters. And I know that other podcasters are going to want to have their say, too. And we can direct them to your survey by a short link, geeks.link slash Mackie survey. And once this episode goes out, that they'll be able to go to geeks.link slash Mackie survey. There is a survey that was the what the Reddit post was about. And they can fill in what they would want in a device for podcasting. Welcome to this week's Better Podcasting Download.
0: All right, SP, here's the thing. A lot of the people who listen and watch this show say to me, Stephen, why don't you just let SP speak more? He's more knowledgeable, he's better looking, he's more informative, and he makes less mistakes. So, SP, I will turn this over to you. You're forgetting that I have the better beard. As well. Fair enough. That's fair. You do have that gray going on. That is sometimes I can't take my eyes off of you.
1: I've heard it termed platinum or silver. And yeah, I guess when you get older, I'll start calling you gray, too. But (laughs) this past week, an annual event occurred that we've discussed many times on this podcast before, and that is the Edison Infinite Dial Report from 2019 and this is the annual digital media consumption behavior study it's done by Edison Research and Triton Digital and now that Triton's either owns another company is part of another company i'll have to look that up later it is still ongoing so that is good to see this is a phone survey of 1500 people aged 12 and above in the United States of America and i don't know if it includes people from Alaska or Hawaii but it's people aged 12 and above and it's via phone on either a mobile line or a landline. And this is a survey that's been going on since 2006. If you're looking for our previous coverage on these events, on episode 20, we discussed the Infinite Dial 2016. On episode Better Podcasting, number 71, we discussed Infinite Dial 2017. And on episode 123, we discussed Infinite Dial, number twenty. 18 so we've been doing this as long as the podcast has been running now the infinite dial study covers mobile listening behavior internet audio podcasting social media smart speakers and it adapts to new industry consumption each year a good example of that is the smart speakers now this year in 2019 there are six infinite dial results to note for hobby podcasters The first I want to point out is that Spotify is not only increasing in the space of digital listening, but it is also bringing along podcasting to help increase podcast consumption. There's a couple of stats that go ahead and exemplify this. So the first is they increased to 24% from 18% in the audio brands that were listened to in the last month. So this 2017, they were 18% and they are now 24% of the audio brands that are listened to in the last year is 24% of Americans that were surveyed from 2017 to 2019. So that's a 6% increase in two years. Also Spotify increased from 15% to 20% of the audio brands listened to in the last week. So the first one was the last month. This is the last week, so 15 to 20 percent, they are increasing. So Spotify itself, I just wanted to point that out. I know a lot of people are talking about Spotify and ooh, Spotify is the next coming in podcasting. Well, this is our first indication that it's actually pulling along podcasting with its general growth in the industry as well. Pandora went down a little bit, but Spotify is going up and since Podcasting is part of Spotify, and it really isn't open in Pandora right now. I just want to spotlight the Spotify growth. Podcasting itself also continues to grow, as we've seen since the study has come out in 2006. So currently, an estimated number of Americans, United States of America, 144 million have ever listened to a podcast. This is not in the last day, last week, last month, last year. This is ever So if you have listened to a podcast in the last, what your lifetime, basically since podcasting started in 2004, you can be part of this 51% of the United States population estimated at 144 million. Now an estimated 90 million have listened to a podcast in the last month. This is up to 32% of the United States population and an estimated 62 million have listened to a podcast in the last week which is up from 20 to 22% of the U.S. population. And in the past, we've talked about if you are a podcast listener, how many podcasts do you listen to in a week. It used to be five, and I think it before used to be three. It's up to seven now. So if you have a listener that is listening to podcasts, odds are if they're listening to their show, they are also listening to six other shows throughout the week. This is all growth that is continuing in podcasting. And the biggest takeaway that I want you to grab from this as a hobby podcaster is that this is a medium that continues to grow and that your ability to reach people are going to grow because of the awareness of podcasting. Now, you still have to do the promotion and get noticed and make good content and that sort of thing. But this is not a dying industry. This is not like radio. This is actually growing. And if you want to get into podcasting, if you're hemming and hawing, I would just go ahead and get into it at any time and you will ride this wave and things will be looking up for you as long as you make good content. Stephen, what do you think about all this for the United States first?
0: One of the things that I really took away from this here is the whole have ever listened to a podcast versus have listened to in the last month is when we look at that, you said 51% of the US have ever listened to a podcast. 32% have listened within the last month. So basically that means that there's about uh, 20 odd percent there that listened to podcasting before and don't anymore because they haven't listened in the last month. And what I think is really interesting about that is that Obviously, that shows that half of the U.S. population knows what a podcast is if 51 percent of people here and obviously you have to extract the data and know that it's not a one to one correlation because it's best off their sample set. But if 51 percent of the people have said that they've listened to a podcast ever, that means that over half the U.S. population knows what a podcast is. How exciting is that? That is fantastic. And really, really cool because how many years have we, who have been doing this for a very long time, been fighting to educate people on what a podcast is? And this means that over half the US population knows what a podcast is. Now, again, it's not going to actually translate that way because studies vary and it, and I guarantee it'll be a lot lower, you know, uh, in actual practice. But off of this survey, that's really cool.
1: Yeah, they mentioned they they called 1500 people and i mentioned this before, 1,500 people where they say it's random dialing, but what area code are they random dialing and all sorts of things mean, are they targeting metropolitan areas or urban areas? Are they going rural? whole bunch of questions about the statistic viability of this. The important thing is that they've been doing the same thing since 2006, and the numbers keep going up and up and up and up, and that's good. So the trending of the data is there. By the way, this data is only for the United States, and last year we talked about the fact that they broached into Canada. At the end of this study, when they announced it earlier this past week, they also said that they were going to redo the Canada one for 2019, and they're going to add an Australian version as well. So this is starting to get a little bit more worldwide than just the United States, which is awesome, I think. And Stephen, I know you're very happy about that because you're often griping about the fact that Canada is being left behind or the rest of the world is being left behind. And why is the United States the only country that matters? I would agree with that assessment. I'm glad that Infinite Dial is broaching out.
0: So I heard that the expansion to Australia was solely for Josh Liston. I heard that he penned the letter He got the signatures. He made it all happen. Josh Liston from On The Bubble Podcast, which you can find at gonnageek.com, which, by the way, if you like that show, you should listen to the latest episode. He's in search. He's in search. There's our call out for Josh. And if you want to know more about that, email us podcast at betterpodcasting.com.
1: Start. Are you saying that he's doing a segment or a show on the campaign to bring back in search of?
0: You know what? It could very well be. I think that that's exactly what it was. Or Ooh. maybe, you know what? The latest episode might have all been about the infinite dial research. Just Maybe. Oh, no, yeah, because he likes it
1: so much. Yeah, yeah,
0: bring it back. So, All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the better pod back before we debut a brand new segment. We mentioned it last week we we knew we had a long episode back in 171 and so uh we actually had a bit of feedback stacked up that we wanted to make sure to mention so we've got a little longer than usual pod back and i'll turn it over to stargate pioneer here to read out the first one got a tweet from at
1: the covert underscore nerd he said thanks for the fantastic episode I use an ATR 2100 mic and record on site and I record in the same room as my co-host. I face many of the challenges you discussed. Thanks again for the tips.
0: We also had the infamous Josh Liston saying, when is Sir at Booth Junkie going to appear on at BetterPod? Seems like a match made in bearded heaven. So for those of you who haven't watched the video side of things, we do, number one, we have a video side of this show available at betterpodcasting.com. And yes, Stargate Pioneer and I both have beards. Uh, we've talked about it on the show. SPs is half the year. Mine is usually all year because without it, I look like I'm 12. So that's usually why I've got it. But uh, apparently, we're trying to make more bearded connection. Hashtag podbeards.
1: <laughs> we look forward to any interview or collaboration with Booth Junkie. Over on our Discord server, which you can find at discord, we had a note from Josh Liston, and he said, Hey all, anyone else using Castro 2 for iOS? For some reason, it started crashing 24 hours ago, and I can't work out why. Note, the crashes started before any updates were applied to either the app itself or to iOS. I've since updated to the latest ios and downloaded a fresh copy of the app and still nothing so josh is looking out for that information about castro 2 which is a pod catcher for the ios device
0: before we hop on to the next one i want to go mention that uh this is not the only discussion we've had about pod catchers in discord and pocket casts actually had quite the change this past week on android and we haven't confirmed on ios so if you are looking to talk a little bit more about that, please head on over to betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. And we've had lots of chat over there.
1: We also had a note in Discord by Mim Kinetic. And he reached out and said, At Steven Jonder, I just watched the Roadcaster Pro video. That's a bummer. With that issue, do you still see the use you alluded to for it? I think at one point you mentioned using it in conjunction with the L12. Also, I may shoot you an email shortly. I'd love to more fully understand your audio and video flow with XSplit, Skype, and the L12. All
0: right, so, StarGate Pioneer, you're the American, I'm the Canadian. Uh, in Canada, we'll just go ahead and say guns aren't allowed. That's the easiest way. So, I'm still trying to understand. So, as an American, can you explain to me how I shoot an email? That's what I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm lost. Do You just, like, print it out and throw it up and... Is that is that what you do? So are Nerf guns not allowed in Canada? That's true. That's true. But we we don't like to use it because there's a lot of apologizing involved.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I would do is I would get a Nerf gun and go ahead and shoot your email before you send it.
0: Okay. fair enough. Uh, And to answer the other parts of it, uh, I will work on getting something together because actually I've had a couple of people ask about that in recent and I will do my best to Simplify it the best that I can and uh, maybe do a little video to accompany it as well. Uh, The other thing that I want to mention as well is with the actual question on the RODECaster Pro. If I was to use it in conjunction, it would just mostly be for live streaming reasons for no good reason. But I have both. Uh, I've mentioned it before and I'll mention it again. I wouldn't usually suggest taking the L12 and coupling it with the RODECaster Pro. It's just too much, too much happening at one time. But I might because I'm insane. We also had newsreel in Discord say, I will say labels are good. I work at a radio station and every fader slash knob slash button on the panels have labels on them saying what they do slash are for. So we talked about that a couple episodes back. Definitely, definitely use labeling if you are using any equipment as I look at my L12 and realize I haven't labeled it since I got it.
1: Ooh, I thought you did. Ouch. I know you had labels on your old mixer we also got a new review on apple Podcasts. i'll go ahead and say it apple podcast this time because that's where i found it and it was a thank you and it was from titans 11 titans is spelled with a z t-i-t-a-n-z 11 thank you is the title of the review it's five stars and titan says great podcast great info I'm glad I found this show. You guys are entertaining and I love everything podcasts. Keep up the great work and thanks for helping us out with all the tips. And that's from Ivan J. Ivan, if you go ahead and shoot us a note, I think you already did, but I misplaced if you could shoot us a note with your podcast name. We'll talk about it in a future episode.
0: So if you have something that you want to say to us, please get in touch with us through any of the ways we absolutely would love to hear from you. And a lot of people have said in the past, well, why do you do this same? You can't address every email. And that's true. We can't address every email or comment. It's just not possible. But we do try to curate some ones that we think get people thinking, help each other out. Because again, we're here uh, doing better podcasting because we love podcasting and we want to try to help people make their podcast the best that it can be. And sometimes just hearing an idea from somebody else, whether it's something that you've thought of or not, can really help drive your podcast in a certain direction and and get you to move along. Podcasting can be a very scary time for people. So please feel free to send us your pod back to podcast at betterpodcasting.com so we can share with the class. All right, it's time for us to debut a brand new segment here on Better Podcasting. And this is something that we're going to try to do frequently on the show. And honestly, it might take us a little bit to fully get going. And the reason why is because this is something that we are going to ask you to participate in. And we're going to call it our hashtag pod warming moment here on Better Podcasting because we, as I mentioned, do this out of the love of podcasting and this means that if you are doing podcasting out of the love of podcasting you really need to be enjoying podcasting and so we want to help keep podcasting fun and we want to take a little bit of time every episode and very brief this is the big important part This is going to be a very very brief section on our show where we want to share something that we think is positive or exciting or, you know, enlightening, it's going to vary from week to week. Sometimes it'll be something that we find and we go, that'd be a great moment. Sometimes it'll be something that you've sent to us. And ultimately, we just want to be able to end the show each and every week on a positive note. So when you hear this music from now on, it means that we have entered the hashtag podwarming moment of the week and so today we're going to go ahead and kick this off with something that we thought okay yeah there's probably some reason behind this but it also is pretty pretty neat when you think about it and it actually comes out of the world of video and it's xsplit and obs if you missed this xsplit and obs are basically video switchers that allow you to produce a bunch of video components together We use XSplit here on Better Podcasting, but a lot of people on the network use OBS. The big difference is XSplit is a product that is sold usually on a subscription basis. Yes, you can get a lifetime license. OBS is something that some people made out of the love of that art, and they made an open source project. And since then, there has been a bit of changes uh, with the way that that's been used. And some other companies and developers have taken that open source and repackaged it as their own. Well, this past week, it came out that uh, they're not actually that much competing because a lot of people in the past have have really gone on their soapboxes about why OBS is better than XSplit or why XSplit is better than OBS. And they've sort of poo-pooed all over the opposing product. And they've, in the public, made this seem like this is a big issue between two companies and it's one or the other. And this past week, XSplit did say the following. We at XSplit want to support the OBS project and the OBS contributors to be able to sustainably continue the hard work they do for the streamers and the industry, which is why we've committed to support the OBS project as a gold sponsor through Open Collective. Today, XSplit is no longer just a streaming application. XSplit VCAM was our first big step into our endeavors to create a more and broader content creation apps for the market with more to come later this year. Our goal is to make everything we do inclusive and useful for XSplit and OBS users alike. And if you read this post, which I'll go ahead and have in the notes, you can see that they are working closer together. And XSplit actually calls out specifically the creators behind OBS by name and talk a little bit about how they work together and have worked together in the past so it was just a neat little moment of you know a lot of people have been so so opposing to the other product and to see the two of these out together and obviously there's going to be some beneficial but to see them out together essentially working together it's so neat because it just goes to show that negativity from the public isn't always the case behind closed doors.
1: It is awesome to see this sort of thing. I mean, Steven and I have been talking about it. There was business reasons behind it, but Microsoft floated Apple for a little while. This is a long time ago, but they've done it to increase the competition in the sector and to have that competitive edge ongoing that would drive the entire market. And this could be something similar. We've seen this in other industries as well, but this is an example of a pod warming moment. And if you happen to have one, we would love to talk about it in the future. You can go ahead and submit it to us via email podcast at betterpodcasting.com or go ahead and tweet it to us. Maybe using the hashtag pod
0: warming that's hashtag pod warming. So on that note, We'll go ahead and leave it there for episode 172 of Better Podcasting. I'm Stephen John Drew saying Behringer like I always have.
1: And MSP saying, Love the salt and pepper beer. See you guys later. Bye. Bye.
2: Thank you for listening to another episode of Better Podcasting. We want to hear from you. You can find all of our contact information at betterpodcasting.com. If you like the show, please consider giving us a five-star review in iTunes. We encourage you to check out all of the other geeky podcasts available at gunnageeknetwork.com. This has been a Gunna Geek production. Thanks for listening, and we will see you again next week.